Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Uh, welcome to the Side Action, episode five of season five. Look at that, five and five. I am Jim Weglars, aka Wegs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Instagram and on Twitter. And I'm Steve Roberts, aka Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31s Roberts. Follow the podcast, the Side Action Pod on Twitter and Side Action Podcast on Instagram. So this isn't Friday Night Beers, which is my cousin's podcast. Just a little plug for him. What, but I saw you drinking a, an ale, or a, it could be a Hefeweizen. What are you drinking there? Oh, there on. Go and look at that glass. Wait a uh, second. Oh uh, yeah. For the YouTubers, there it is. The official Rapid. side action glass. The pint glass. You can get that with if you're the if you download the all the, all the episodes of the side action pod and send me an, an email. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm uh, celebrating our golden episode, season five, episode there five. There you go. Our golden episode happens once a season, right? <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, welcome, Action. Good to see you again. We're back, back in our studios again, second week in a row. We're getting in our routine. So, how was your, how was your weekend last weekend? Did you just kind of chill? You guys, no boat time it was too cool for that, right? No, it was a little chilly around here, so we didn't get the boat out. Just hung around town here there was a funky ferndale art fest going on on nine mile so we headed down there a couple nights they had music and lots of do-it-yourself art vendors and so forth it was a good time no eminem though eminem was not there no some bands i had never heard of before but there was cocktails they had like cocktail tents just like a chicago street festival nice. very similar vibe like it. yeah it was cool that's awesome that's great how about you uh well you know, normal weekend of, you know, interestingness. I uh, went out with somebody on Fry's Point, tried a new place in Logan Square called Andros Taverna. Little plug. Place is super nice, really tasty. Cool. Uh, good, good vibe. Definitely a lot of action in there. Like just, just lots going on, but good stuff. A little pricey, but worth it. As you know, Logan Square is like the cool place now besides Fulton Market, your old Stunt Grounds West Loop. Uh-huh. for restaurants and i'm trying to explore some areas on saturday the shockers got a win uh we had another backup quarterback a new we're trying we're, we're testing out quarterbacks every week now for the shockers uh-huh. okay. the defense was good we completed the game we won 20 to 6 we had seven interceptions in the game actually <laughs> they had three different quarterbacks uh they weren't that great so hopefully this week we're debuting a guy who supposedly is a good quarterback a friend of a friend if we get that, I think we can win the championship with this squad just because the league seems a little down. But we'll see. You never know. Um, went out that night. Uh, but, yeah, it was a buddy's party. It was like a kind of a fundraiser thing at my buddy's, our favorite spot with a volleyball crew. Nice. And, and yeah, and then sat, Sunday, what did I do Sunday? Not a lot. Um, oh, yeah, it was my nephew. We celebrated my nephew's birthday Sunday night. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like the Rangers that I've been having, which is fine. And then. As I mentioned beforehand, you know, we're at the big volleyball. I'm, I'm dressed down today, no glasses, I got my contacts in. Just came from the beach, beach action, as you know. I'm playing one more tournament for the year. It's a king of the court tournament, kind of first ever. We're by this guy I know at Oak Street, and I'm playing with my buddy uh, Luke, who's a regular listener. And we're team Shake and Bake, you know, Shake and Bake, and uh-huh. uh, from Talladega Nights. And, you know, we, we played together in a tournament before, and it was a really good time, and we had the gear. I don't know if we're going to wear the gear. I have to check with them, but it's always easy to play with the guy. He's such a great player, but also we're, we're a little older, and, and we're playing, like, really high competition in this one. So I would say we were yeah. probably a plus eh, 1,500 to 2,500 between that range, maybe plus 2,000 underdogs for this tournament, but we'll entertain the crowd. That's what we'll do. How do you handicap the gear? Is that like slow you down in any way, or is it just t-shirts and shorts? Just t-shirts, really. Okay. Uh, you know, his his girlfriend has a bikini bottom, which probably won't come out in the 60 degree weather. But uh-huh. you know, she's got a flag too. You know, kind of the racing flag, but it says shake and bake. So nice. It, it's it's top notch. She you know she went all out for us to get the gear. Um, so I like wearing it. I'll I'll definitely be wearing a t-shirt out there on Sunday. I don't you know. It's not. It's really out there. You know, we get the nipples out, hard nipples, 
team. I'm, yeah. I'm not about that life uh, myself. So that could be you, actually. You get a better better game for that. So. I don't know. I'd be in a t-shirt, too. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into the uh, week three recap. Um, a lot of injuries action. This is kind of where we're starting to get injury reports that really matter. I mean, you had some initial under- injuries week one, but – it is some big ones. Um, we'll just run down the list. The Chargers got hit on both offense and defense. Joey Bosa had groin strain. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, and then Rashawn Slater, the left tackle for the Chargers, torn bicep. He's out for the year, which that's a blindside protector for Herbert. And that might have affected them against uh, the Jags on, on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Herbert actually played on Sunday, surprisingly, last minute. But he definitely was not himself. And then losing the left tackle was not help either. Right. Um, you've noted Mac Jones is not going to play for New England this week. He has this high ankle sprain. He probably missed a couple of games, whether they're going to plug it. They've got Brian Hoyer, the ghost mm-hmm. of Brian Hoyer. You know, he was a starter in this league at one time for the Texans and the Bears. Uh, so he starts against the Packers. We'll talk about how that affects the handicap. He wasn't exactly lighting it up, but he's better than Hoyer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dalvin Cook looks like he'll probably. I think I heard he's going to suit up with a shoulder injury, but he. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Interesting. But I mean, you know, he's not going to be 100%. Um, New Orleans, you've got Michael Thomas is questionable with a toe. Bigger long term injuries, you've got Trent Williams for San Francisco, left tackle. He's out four to six weeks. You know, maybe that's why Jimmy G played like garbage <laughs> Sunday night, uh, him getting hurt. And then this was a weird one. Miles Garrett, you know, got in a car accident. It was a single car accident. I already flipped over. Wow. Uh, injuries to his bicep um, and his shoulder, but not life-threatening. He's just kind of being monitored, so I don't actually know his status for Sunday. I don't think he'll play, but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough to uh, get in a car accident, single car, unless you're driving erratically <laughs> not safely for sure and there was another passenger in the car you know who, who the hell knows what happened but that's big news um sterling shepherd poor guy for the giants you know and i watched the play i don't know how he tore his acl in that play he was just kind of jogging yeah you know, to the crazy. route and all of a sudden he just pulled up and that was it so he's gonna miss another season here for the giants they're decimated in the in the you know receiving core and we can talk about it later you know, galladay isn't he's like on the shit list for, for the Giants, so mm-hmm. I don't know who Daniel Jones is going to throw to. Um, Mega Fitzpatrick is in the concussion protocol, so he's questionable for Sunday for Pittsburgh, and he's essential to that team. And then we've got a couple more. DeAndre Swift, uh, he's likely out with a shoulder injury, as well as your guy, uh, Amon, Amon Ra, Saint, is that Amon Ra St. Brown. He didn't practice this week with an ankle injury, and that, you know, that high-flying offense might take a hit in Detroit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, St. Brown has been their best receiver on the young season, so definitely monitoring his status. We didn't make this list, but I, you know, local David Montgomery is also kind of end up uh, as well. Um, so we'll see. But here's a big note that's getting exciting for Mr. Jet over there. Uh, Zach Wilson making the return. The uh, what I heard, the air raid Flacco offense may be maybe over coming this weekend for the Jets. Yeah, I think uh, he's you know fresh off his shagging middle middle-aged women and now he's ready to get back onto the football field i think he had some sort of injury but uh, it's we can talk about it when we get to that game it's really hard to judge whether that's actually going to be an upgrade or a downgrade for the jets under center yeah flack was playing okay um but yeah i mean he did have a knee injury america he wasn't just out because he was you know recovering from some you know venereal disease but he was uh he hurt his medial ligament okay from what i heard so, okay, let's talk about the games last week, some of the highlight games. The Dolphins, I don't know, man. This team is defying metrics and, and the imagination. They were plus five, five and a half in the game against the Bills. They win the game outright, 21-19. Kind of in smoke and mirrors, right? I mean, they, they were outplayed 90-39 to 30, 39 in the game. They were outgained 497-212. to 212. They barely had the ball for less than 20 minutes. I don't know when the last time this has all happened and the team has actually won. But the heat and humidity maybe got to the Bills. They had 14 starters that basically at some point didn't play in the game, either starting the game or, you know, went out at some point. So, and obviously, two is a little banged up coming out of this game as well. What a crazy 3-0 start for the Dolphins. 
Yeah, definitely uh, not a deserving win. I think that they were even lucky to get a cover in that game, let alone win, just based on the box score. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, and we'll talk about that's a classic possible paper tiger that they're playing tonight. Um, you know, this is obviously taping right when they're they're playing tonight against the Bengals. How about your Colts? Hey, we uh, we didn't go on this game, but the Colts did upset the Chiefs. We were talking about it quite a bit. Um, 2017 with the win. They actually shut out the Chiefs in the second half, so the defense came to play despite, uh, you, know, the, you know, your guy, Shaq Leonard, I still have to call him Darius, didn't play again. I saw him cheering on the sideline, but they mm-hmm. must have done something in the second half to shut down the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, uh, they really played well defensively, and I think the Chiefs kind of got their own way a little bit to a couple of botched fourth downs and then a fake field goal that didn't go well. They were losing Harrison Butker in the game, which I think was – really huge because Amendola missed a kick and then they went for that fake field goal and they just didn't have any confidence in the kicking game, which I think just reverberated throughout the entire offense. Yeah. Three phases. I mean, it, especially in a close game like that, those field goals, extra points or whatever, make a big difference. All right. Here's some of our calls. We did have the Bengals winning. Uh, they were favored by six against the Jets. They covered fairly easily 27 uh, to 12 in that one. I did think the Jets were going to somehow figure out a way to get inside the back door, but but luckily they didn't. And the Bengals were able to, really without Jamar Chase, he didn't play very well, but they got it done in that game. So kudos to us in that one. Um, how about the Eagles? We, we, we were on the Eagles, minus six and a half at Washington. They destroyed the, the Commanders 24 to nine. They look great. Um, you know, your guy Jalen Hurts is making a make case for MVP. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that one was definitely a rocking chair winner for us. It was 24-0 to 0 at halftime, and mm-hmm. I think the Eagles just kind of switched off in the second half. They were held scoreless, but the commanders were never even threatening in that game. Yeah, I think it was 24-8. to 8. I, I, I put that incorrectly, my bad. America. Yeah. You're checking my, you're checking my math. 24-8. <laughs> to 8. Um, And by the way, in this game, I believe they sacked Wentz nine times. It was, yeah. it was insane. They were just destroying him. So look, look out, Cowboys. You got another another game for that. Um, the Titans, we 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 were on this. This was this was a sweater. Uh, Titans were plus two in this game, um, and they, you know, we were we basically didn't think the Raiders should be favored. Our proxy was very upset with us when we put this pick in and tried to talk us off of it. Um, but they get the outright win, and this game was really interesting. They were up like twenty four, no, it was twenty four nothing, twenty four to six. They were up big early. Mm-hmm. And the Raiders came storming back and had a chance to tie the game, went for two and did not get it in the end. They were benefited by a couple of big plays. Huge play, the fourth and ten. Hit a 50-yard bomb to Mac Collins, which is also our proxy's favorite player now. Um, and then they got a kind of a defensive hold. It was kind of questionable to get in the red zone. So we, we sweated that one out, but I'm glad we got that win. Yeah, 24 to 10 at halftime, actually. And the Titans were held scoreless in the second half. Let the Raiders back into the game, but it really never felt like it was that close until the very last minute there when the Raiders finally got it into the end zone and then thankfully failed on that two-point conversion and we avoided overtime. Phew, we did it. Uh, you know, the Rams, similar situation. We're at you know, minus three and a half around the Rams. They beat the Cardinals. It was another one of these games where I was like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, <laughs> because we had that hook. And they, too, were up the whole game, and then the Cardinals had a chance to get in the back door. It was 21 to 10. They scored a touchdown late, went for two, and got stopped. Uh, that one would have got them in the back door for you know for the Cardinals. So we did got that one. Plus we, you know, the Niners. You know that was a weird game on Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. The abomination, as I think you called it. You know, lose outright at Denver, 11 to 10. I, I don't even know how this game. It was one drive for Denver. Jimmy G yeah. was not good. Um, in the end, I still think San Francisco was the right side, but they just couldn't cover the one and a half or whatever it was and ended up losing outright 11 to 10. Yeah, it was a battle of punters. I think every time I looked up, one punter or the other was pinning the other team inside the five-yard line. And mm-hmm. uh, I know you and I were trading texts because Jimmy G was just awful in that second half. He was throwing into triple coverage on the interception. And, uh, I mean, he still – he went over 200 yards, barely, but it was not a good game for Jimmy. I think at one time they were 0 for 9 on third downs or something like that. Conversions, yes. they finally got one late, but, oh, atrocious. 
And then the other kind of honorable mention, we did not pick this game, but everybody in the contest ended up picking the Jags because they thought Herbert was going to be out and the Chargers were favored in this game. But it turned out to be the right side. I don't think that's why people, the handicap was there. They were kind of going with the auto pick. And we we, we faded that just to stay away from it because we did that last year. Yeah. But the Jags, man, I mean, 38 to 10, it wasn't even close in this one. I And I ask you the question, are the Jags for real? They're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, their defense has been awesome. They're the only team in the league right now that's top five in DVOA, both offensively and defensively. So certainly impressive, although I would say that their strength of schedule has been a little weak so far. It has been. So we'll see. I mean, they play the Eagles this week. That'll be a, a game we'll talk about. Why don't you tell me about some of these uh, trends here? You threw three weeks, the average points. What, is, what do we got here? Yeah, I mean, just tracking the scoring here, it's down this season. If mm-hmm. you recall, two years ago during the pandemic, mostly fueled by empty stadiums, we saw scoring like up in the upper 40s. And yep. so far through three games, the average point scored in every game has been 41.9, which is considerably lower than what we've seen recently. And the odds makers are adjusting now. You've seen it on the board last week. Unders went 8-8. Eight and, eight. and So the overs kind of bounced back from what we saw in the first two weeks. But that's because these points totals just keep going down and uh, the scoring is falling accordingly. And, you know, I, I'm not as good as action in terms of betting, but if you look at the openers on the totals, they're much higher. Mm-hmm. They're getting bet down immediately. And so within like a day or two. So if you can get those openers somewhere on Sunday night or Monday or whenever it comes out for you, do it. Because, I mean, most of those totals go way down and they're still going under those totals. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 8-8 eight eight now, but it's only because they're the odds makers are making the adjustment. I think the openers, you'd see them all under. But underdogs are still taking care of business. They were 10-6 and six last week. Uh, we've seen it again and again. Maybe it'll start regressing. And we, we picked a lot of favorites last week, and they yeah. did cover. But but for the most part, uh, underdogs are still getting it on. Yeah, definitely. And then I kind of always say this. It's kind of – I'm the only ringing this bell, but it's like if you pick a favorite <laughs> um, and they win, they usually cover because it's it's only usually a game to – up to three games in a week when that doesn't happen, when the hook gets you or whatever. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about that this week because there's a lot of three and a half to talk about. But it's just picking the right side is more important than, than picking the spread, in my opinion. So Absolutely. All right, let's get to four. Uh, we just kind of mentioned that the game's already going on. You've got the Dolphins going to Cincinnati. It's an interesting game. I wish it was Sunday because I think it would be a good one to debate. Um Looking at what we're seeing here, I mean, the Bengals are three-and-a-half favorites. They opened at 48, down to 47. They went from a one-point favorite to three-and-a-half. I don't know when the opener was. I don't know if that's because of Tua's health or whatever. I do like the Bengals in the game. Um, three-and-a-half is always a tough number. I mean, what is your take on three-and-a-half? I've heard some different things lately on these, uh, like, VSIN and stuff. Well, I mean, it's largely dependent on how you rate the two teams. Uh, I mean, in general, if you have a, a game where you think the number – based on your evaluation, should be two and a half, three, then taking the hook every time is a huge advantage, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like 5% to get you from what might be a 50% play up to 55. So, I mean, there's a couple of games on this board, one of which that I've picked out later, where I think it's an extremely massive edge to take the underdog at three and a half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, you know, so many games I've heard a lot of, you know, Beeson does a great job of advertising. They talk about how many games end on the three or you know, it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. so many games, the key numbers, as we've talked about, you know, in past years and podcasts, key numbers being three and a lot of times it's six now, six and seven. But the three is still probably the king, right? There's so many three point games. Yeah. <laughs> and so that half is is a uh, is there. So but I mean, this particular game, it's now seven, three Cincinnati. Miami just got on the board with a field goal. The You saw money, just loads of money cascading in on the Bengals all week. And I think that's largely due to the heat that the Dolphins played in on Sunday, short week. And they were on the field for 90 plays defensively. So you got to figure that the Dolphins defense is going to wear down before this game ends. Agreed. And they, they've talked a lot about that the... The secondary for the, bank, or for the Dolphins is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've given up big, big numbers to everybody. Uh, so, you know, obviously Mark Chase and the gang, you know, if, they're, if they can get time, and they haven't given good pressure on quarterbacks either. So mm-hmm. it is, 
like I said, it was Sunday. I'd probably be on the Bengals, right. but same. So let's talk about Vikings and this. Well, this is our first London game. Uh, it doesn't involve the Jaguars, which you know that's our home game. But uh, the Vikings against the Saints. Uh, you know, so this is it opened as Vikings minus two. It's a uh, Vikings two and a half. It's two and a half now. The total stayed at 44. Um, the Saints. You know, I've talked about it before. I, I brought them. Um, you know, with not just with Jameis, but with the new coaching staff. Jameis is regressing. We can see this. He's given a lot of. You know, turnovers, especially late in games when he's trying to push off. But I don't know, man. Vikings defense sucks, too. So, I mean, I'm fine to stay away from this one action, but I guess it's – I painfully take the Saints in this one, even though, you know, God, I mean, the Vikings should score some points, even though the defense is pretty good for the Saints. Yeah, I um, I really like the Vikings in this matchup. I think that they're going to have some pretty significant edges offensively running the football. Okay. The, um, their run offense so far through three games is third-ranked. And the Saints' run defense has been less than average. They're ranked 19th, stopping the run. And even worse when you look at the line play. So um, couple that with the fact that I've watched the Saints' offense struggle now for two weeks in a row. If you take away the two garbage time touchdowns, I'll call them, the one they got last week in Carolina and then the week before against Tampa late in the game, their offense is averaging like nine points a game. Yeah. So um, despite the... The Vikings admittedly poor numbers defensively. I, I am not expecting that the Saints are going to be in a position to take advantage of that. So I think that getting uh, the Vikings under a field goal here is a, a good look. And in London games that have not included the Jaguars, the favorites are 15 and 7 against the spread. Oh, that's a good total. I like that. I like that little stat. I don't know if I can get a war with you, though. Um, I hear okay. what you're saying because you might not like the Saints. I've said it in the beginning, but something tells me that they'll play a little bit better uh, in the Vikings. Honestly, part of it is the way that they looked last week against your Lions. I mean, they should have lost the yeah, game. Definitely they played terribly, and, and the Vikings and the Lions' defense is bad. And it took them really three and a half quarters to really start moving the ball on that team, and it was just shocking to me. But I'll keep a note. Maybe you can talk me into it later. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, here we go. Browns are going to the Falcons. Um, interesting line here. I, I don't know when this opened up where the Browns were three-point dogs. Is that what it's saying on the road? But no, no, <laughs> they, they, it was minus three. Okay, yeah. so they were three-point favorites on the road, 46-point total. This is a rare total going up to 50, and the Browns are a short favorite at minus one. I know that the Falcons they actually got their big win last week at Seattle, and Miles Garrett may not play. That's a big factor. But mm-hmm. how is Atlanta against the run? I mean, we know what the Browns are going to do. They're going to run the football. Jacoby Brissett has played pretty good at quarterback. Not that I'm all on team Browns, but I, I don't know. I, it's a weird line to me. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, I mean, this Browns team is, I think they have an edge in the coaching department with Stefanski. I mean, they, they gave away that lead against the Jets. But if you think about back, if um, Chubb had just gone down and not scored that touchdown, the Browns would be 3-0 and right now. Yep. And I think that this line would paint a completely different picture than going down to one. Mm-hmm. And to answer your question, the uh, Browns run offense, second-ranked DVOA, yep. and the Falcons run defense is 28th running against the run. So I think the Browns are going to have a huge edge there moving the football. And uh, the way that Preset has been playing, I think the Browns are a pick here in this game. I, yeah, I, I think that I, I, I'm, I'm with it. I All right. just trying to figure out if there was besides the Miles Garrett, you know, news. If he doesn't play, is it's a press line. I don't. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why it's happening. So I think I think the market has been uh, impressed with the overachievement of the Falcons' offense. Okay. Quite admittedly, preseason. I mean, there were people handing out picks to have for the Falcons to be the lowest scoring team in the league, sure. and so far through three weeks, their offense is ranked eight. Yeah, um, was well. and they can run the football too. They're sixth ranked running the ball, and I gotta admit, the Browns' defense has not been stellar at stopping the run either. Mm-hmm. But I still think that uh, even if Miles Garrett doesn't play, that the Browns are gonna be able to uh, have some success on the offensive side of the ball enough so to cover this one point. Yeah, so let's let's put it in there, yellow. That's one of the considerations here. Okay. All right, so let's go to, this is Dallas uh, hosting Washington, the Commanders. This open is a pick, and interesting, I don't know when that opened again, but uh, Dallas goes up to a three-point favorite at home, 
Um, you're showing, I don't know, totals are 42 and a half. It's kind of weird where the total is. Your guy, Cooper Rush, is now undefeated, not just against the spread, but he's 3-0 and in his starts. He played pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. It actually could have done better. CeeDee Lamb dropped a 40-yard bomb and was hit him in the hands. And, yep. it's, and I've been saying this you know, since the beginning of the year. The defense is great. You know, they as long as McCarthy doesn't have to make a decision late in the game, let this defense go after it. Maybe I'm getting a little too excited about my Cowboys here at home. Um, three points. I, is this the game that Carson Wentz plays great against a great defense? I, I, I don't know. Talk me to it. I'd be on the Cowboys here. No, I like the Cowboys too. I personally like three ready in my bank, my account. But uh, I was kind of expecting this line to come out at three and a half, I think. Just pulling up the odd screen here a little bit. You've already started to see this one shift a little bit towards three and a half in the market. And all of the threes are heavy juice to the sure. Cowboys. Minus 20 pretty much across the board with a couple of three and a halves already uh, up on leading books. So I think that uh, the Cowboys are the pick here. And for me, it starts with the offensive side of the ball for Washington because they're 28th ranked offensively. And even worse, their offensive line and pass protection is 30th ranked. Right. You mentioned it. They gave up nine sack Eagles last week, and that makes 15 through three games. And now they have to go up against that bond. Yeah, they were making games run over the place. And he ran for 79 yards. That's mainly because he was running for his life. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think that Wentz could have a tough day. I, I'm happy putting this one to green if you want, unless you want to just consider later. It's fine with me. No, let's lock in the Cowboys. All right. All right, next one we may differ on. The Jags are going to Philly. Um, the Jags have overachieved, clearly. This game opened as a seven, um, and now in the contest it's six and a half, and that's the market. The, it actually went from 47 and a half to 48 and a half. So this is an interesting game to me. I, You know, I can't get off the Jags. I, I was down on them. I, I dogged them all preseason. I didn't think they were going to be any good. But the youth movement has worked. Peter seems to have this team playing well. And revenge factor, right? I mean, I know maybe they don't think about it. I think Peterson's going to have a good game plan for this game. Now, granted, the Eagles are probably the class of the NFC, but when it was at seven, I was all over the gym. be a great number for us. I, I can't go with the Eagles at six and a half. So to me, it's okay. Jags or Pats. Well, I, I'm not sure I can get to the Jags side of this handicap because it, for me, it's, it just comes down to that strength of schedule. Um, sure. Let's see, just loading here. So far, they've played against uh, Washington week one, Indianapolis, and then a banged-up Chargers team last week, and DVOA has their schedule ranked last, 32nd in the league. And while they put up some pretty good numbers, I think that uh, Philly is for real, and uh, taking this show on the road, especially after having traveled to L.A. last week and getting a big win, their first one in a very long time. I think that this is a letdown spot for the Jags, and I just can't bet them. But I'm okay if we're passing instead of Yeah, let's just pass then. I'll I'll safely sit on the sidelines and wear my teal little or whatever. Whether that is aquamarine. (laughs) So, all right, let's go Jets and Steelers. Um, This game opened as the Steelers is at four or four points. Is that right? Four-point favorites? Yeah. One total, and then now it's three. You know, it's an interesting game. I I guess Wilson's worth a point. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. I don't, know. I don't know. The Jets aren't very good. We know that. They they pull one out of their ass against the Browns. I think the Steelers' defense is pretty good. If Minka Fitzpatrick doesn't play, okay. But, look, I'd feel a lot better if Kenny Pickett was starting, to be honest with you. I'm happy to pass on this game, but I don't know if I can back the Steelers, man. I, and we've done it. They, they've won for us, you know, a couple of occasions. But, um I'm not sure. The Jets aren't very good. It's a weird game. Yeah. I personally took three and a half the other day when I saw some rumblings that Zach Wilson was going to be on there. And I I saw the market move a little bit towards the Jets, and I I just wanted to jump on it. But the more I look into numbers on this game, I'm not really sure that they're going to have much of an edge on any either side of the ball. And then further, Zach Wilson coming in is probably just more of a question mark than anything else. So um, I think it's probably a pass, too. Sounds good. All right, let's go to the Motown squad. Motown squad. Seattle is going to Detroit. Detroit is, I mean, what are they, the best one and two team in the league? Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. They, they actually are. I mean, their defense sucks, but that offense is high flying. They, they might be obviously missing Swift and, and their top receiver, but they own a six-point favorite against Seattle, 48-point total. The total's up to 50, and it's a four-point game now, which I like a lot better than the six. 
I don't know. I, I don't think Seattle's very good. I mean, I know that um, it seems like at home, you know, Geno Smith's been playing pretty good. He played decent last week against the Atlanta team. I mean, four points a lot to lay, I guess, for any team that's questionable in defense, but I don't think I could back Seattle in a spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we touched on it two weeks ago. Was it the when the Lions were favored for the first time in what felt like forever? Well, I mean, I had the same feeling in this one when I saw yeah. six pop up on the board on Sunday night. But I do think that four is a little bit more reasonable in terms of a number here. And as you might expect, the Lions have a pretty huge edge on the offensive side of the ball especially uh, pass, well, really both both sides, running and passing. And I think the Seattle Seahawks secondary is banged up a little bit. So even if I'm on Raw St. Brown, although I expect fully that he's going to be out there, uh, I think that the Lions are going to be able to move the ball and put up a lot of points in this game. So far, I put in a, a pick on the team total over 27 because I think in looking at these two sides, they're both capable of scoring, but I trust the Lions offense a lot more to put up points. And um I think that we could consider the Lions, should consider the Lions, but it might be like 6-7 range in terms of our hierarchy. Yeah, like our priority. Let's put a yellow on there and we can consider them okay. so we're at, at the end of the day. Because I think that they're not going to be a highly picked team. <laughs> yeah. And we did good last week. We, we, we'll get to our total our picks last week. You know, 4-1 and, and we were not in the consensus at all. They had like one pick, so. Yeah, true. All right, so a couple more in the 1 o'clock window. you got the Chargers going to Houston. Um, the Chargers, I mean, you may have Herbert's going to play, but you get the Chargers open as a 6.5-point favorite. Now they're down to 5 in the contest, total from 45 to 44.5. Yeah, this is a scrappy bunch again. The Texans, this is what they do. They just kind of figure out a way to stay in games and everything, even though you know they, they lose games, but they still are in there. They're 0-1, but it takes the spread. Um I can't trust the Chargers ever. I don't know. I, you know, I love the Chargers. We, we we both have jerseys at home, but five points on the road. I mean, the Texans are not great. You can tell me their DVOA score, but I can't trust the Chargers on the road. My spot, no way. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. Especially with all the injuries that they have on both sides of the ball now. Bosa sure. going out, I think, is going to be almost as impactful as uh, as the left tackle, and I think the right tackle is hurt as well. So um, I definitely have no interest whatsoever in the Chargers side in this game. If you remember last year, they went into Houston with a chance to really solidify their playoff position, and they lost as like 11-point favorites. So, they did. Um, and they gave 41 points, too. Yeah. <laughs> so the Davis Mills, he loves his team. Davis Mills has shredded this defense in the past. So I, I can't get there with the Texans, though. I think it's pass. And you, you can? Okay, yeah. and that's fine. I mean, I did have him as a pick, but, you know, I love that six and a half. I mean, mm-hmm. five, that's why I got that down. It's too high. But, yeah, well, we could pass. No big deal. There's other games we can consider. Okay. How about this one? Can I interest you in a Bills-Ravens game? You know, it's obviously the Bills schedule opening up is rough. I mean, Jesus, we love them as a Super Bowl, you know, pick, but they're definitely going through the gauntlet to the start. They opened as a three-point favorite. It's still three points in the contest. The total, though, got hammered down from 55 and a half to 51 and a half. And so, you know, this is an interesting game, action. I I do love the Bills. I don't know how healthy they are. They had a lot of issues last week. And I don't know. My pick's the Ravens here plus the three. I, I don't know if it's a Harbaugh thing or just because I think it's just going to be them playing, you know, trying to make a statement or something. But the Bills certainly are probably the better team on paper. I'm sure you're going to say that on your DVOA and they are, you know, when it early Wegs, Wegs index stuff. But um, I, I can't really, I, I definitely would, you know, take the points, I guess, with the uh, the Ravens here. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I lean to the other side. You know, this yeah. has been a really interesting battle in watching the line moves all week because it's been bouncing around between three and a half. It even touched four at one point where mm-hmm. some uh, sharp money pounced on the Ravens at the four moved yep. it back to where it's at at three. But, um, you know, the the part that makes this tough is the Buffalo secondary injuries. Right. And, I mean, if they were fully healthy, I think Buffalo at three would be a slam dunk. But obviously sure. that's factored into the to the price here. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, 
I don't think I can get there with the Ravens, though. Another yeah. another point in this game is that there's an expectation that some of the Hurricane Ian weather is going to be still lingering in the area. So you've okay. seen that total go down from 55 to 51 with an expectation of high winds. And I just wonder how that's going to affect both of these offenses because so far this season, Baltimore has not really gotten the run game going. They're 19th yeah. ranked uh, running the ball and – I think that if Lamar Jackson is forced to pat into a, a, a running, I'm sorry, forced away from the pass to run, that Buffalo is going to have an edge just based on the wind conditions. So let's talk game theory because I think this will be a highly picked game, one side or the other. Do you think that the contest guys would pick Ravens yeah. plus three? I yeah, do. So. I think the Ravens are going to be a more popular pick than the Bills. Certainly. Yeah. So. If we wanted to, we could go contrarian and go Bills minus three just to go against the field, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Oh, that yeah, I can't sense, wait. Right? Um, so, you know, it's it's probably a great, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it'll just be a fun game to watch. It's definitely a playoff matchup. So let's yellow Bills because okay. I, I, I feel on the Ravens, but I think my theory is – People are going to pick the Ravens, like you said, so maybe it's better to go away from that. Yeah, and I think this is a game where I definitely have earmarked to look down at practice reports on Saturday morning because yeah. if one or two of those guys in the secondary from Buffalo return, it's going to be a complete game changer. And oh, yeah. add in the fact that the whole handicap against the Dolphins tonight was their uh, defense being uh, tired yeah. from the game on Sunday in Miami, and the Buffalo defense didn't really play that much on Sunday. <laughs> they were never on the field. And several of them were out injured. So if they return, they're going to be fresh. Yeah. I know that, I mean, Ed Oliver didn't play down there. I'm hoping mm -hmm. he plays, yeah. like you said, the run game. So we'll see. But, okay. Let's talk about the next one. There's two more in the 1 o'clock window. you got the Bears against the Giants. Uh, this opened as a pick. I'm not sure why. And then it went <laughs> to three <laughs> for the Giants. You know, both these teams aren't that great. I think Dable's probably a little bit better coach, but totals 39. Tough one action. I mean, I, the, the Bears are, and they won the game against the Texans somehow. I mean, I not that the box score was. I, I watched the game, and I thought the Texans should have won the game. But, you know, there was an interception in the end zone, and then the late interception by Mills basically sealed the fate, you know, I don't know. It's it's tough to watch my team, but I think they'll play okay. But I can't really back the Giants either, man. Dude, I, it's like stay away from me. Yeah, totally. I was kind of leaning to the Bears at three and a half, but the three doesn't make me feel quite as good about it because, I mean, you know, we talked about it with Dave, our proxy, that they just don't throw the football. And, right. Uh, it's hard to win football games when you don't throw, but they're somehow two and one. So yeah, these are these are the two worst two and one teams in the history of the NFL. I do think though, if Montgomery sits and Herbert's out there, it gives them some completely different looks running the football. He's shifty and dynamic. Yeah. And through three games, the Bears run offense has been fifth ranked. So they're certainly yeah. having some success doing that and not passing the ball. And maybe that's probably part of the reason why they pass so few times in, in reality. Well, and the Giants gave up, what, 180 yards to Dallas last week. Uh -huh. So, you know, I guess it's more – to me, it's like can the can the Bears stop Saquon Barkley? And, I mean, he's got nobody to throw to anymore, Danny Dimes. So, yeah. I guess it would be a Bears or pass in this one. Definitely. To uh, – <laughs> Hard to get on board with a contest pick, that's all. Let, let's put a fork in it. Maybe no color, but we can think about it. <laughs> uh, okay, let's do your team, the Titans, going to the Colts. Uh, Colts coming off the big win. Four-point favorites at home. Uh, in the opener, now it's three and a half. So it's that weird number again, 44 down to 42 and a half. The Titans got their win. They, we knew they were going to get their win. They played better, but the first half was good. The second half sucked against the bad Raiders. So, God, I hate this line action. I wanted to be all Colts. I'm still favoring the Colts here, but I don't love it. I don't love the three and a half. I, I do think that the Colts showed me something, at least defensively. Their offense still wasn't great against Kansas City. So, can you get on board with the Colts? Or are you, you know, you 
tell me that you got to go with the three and a half, you know, plus three and a half here. Yeah, the latter. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe that this number was three and a half to be honest, right. and I still can't believe that it hasn't moved off the number because Tennessee has had the Colts number the last several seasons. They beat them twice last year, uh, which ultimately kept them out of the playoffs. And um, you know it hasn't really been Derrick Henry doing the damage either in the no. past couple of seasons against Indianapolis because they have a pretty good run defense. In fact, it's second ranked stopping the run. Um, I think, though, for me, it's the other side of the ball. I've watched this Colts offense for three weeks struggle, and Matt Ryan just looks awful. He now has mm-hmm. seven fumbles on the season. Thankfully, he hasn't lost all of them, but he could have. And uh, the Colts offense is ranked 32nd. So I don't see how any offense with those numbers should be laying any points to an NFL team. And I think there's value on the dog here, especially with the hook. All right, let's let's put it as a yellow. I mean, it's yeah. it is in my analysis. I had the Colts minus two, right? I think that's the right number. I don't know why it's two and a half or two, but I guess they figured out they would take the Colts. It's just um, and these divisional matchups. We've said these divisional road dogs over mm-hmm. three and a half. I mean, or three three and a half is always a good pick. So two to three let's, and a half, fifty five percent legs. That's that's <laughs> winning money long term. Let's win some money, right? All right, let's get into this short 4 o'clock when only three games this week because of the London game. You've got the Cardinals going to the Panthers. Um, the Panthers open as a, I guess, one-point dog here at home, and now they're one-and-a-half-point favorite. The total hasn't moved up to 44. I had a guy, um, one of my friend's brothers, who's he's actually – he loves our podcast apparently, so kind of give him a shout-out, but um, Dalton. But – he loves the Arizona. I can't get on board with Arizona. And you know, I've been on the I've been on the cart or the Panthers all year. I don't love that it's one and a half. It doesn't really matter, I suppose, one and a half versus two. But I mean, Baker, that offense sucks. But I love this defense. I still love this defense action. So I'm still on board with Carolina minus one and a half. All right, it is one and a half in the contest. Okay, I laid one this morning um, with the Panthers. Right. I, I like you and like Dalton, really initially when the, I looked at this game, I thought to myself, first reaction, Arizona, because they have been stellar on the road the last two seasons. Um, excellent numbers with Kingsbury on their travels. But uh, this se- this team this year is not the same Arizona Cardinals that we've been accustomed to seeing, and it's really their defense. They've been awful, 31st ranked defensively. And um, their offense hasn't really been able to make up for it with Kyler Murray and company. So right. I think that uh, Carolina, the, the one question mark for me, though, is McCaffrey's status. He was a right. DNP the last two days. And I think that uh, with him not in the field, it's a little bit different of a football team. But uh, I think that Car- that Carolina is definitely worth a yellow for us. Okay. Let's put the yellow, you know, I know the Sharps will be all over these guys. For some reason, they're just like me. I love fucking Panthers. Stupid defense. Their defense is good, mm-hmm. but that offense is so bad this year. God, I mean, Baker, it's like they won last week and they dominated the Saints, and they still, it's because they had a pick six or something, right? They had a yeah. fumble. You know, was, yeah, that's why they got some more points. Their, their offense isn't really scoring, which is disappointing. And by the way, is DJ Moore in a, in a milk carton? The guy never gets the football. It's just weird. Yeah. All right, here we go. Big game. Patriots against the Packers. Sounded big when Mac Jones was was you know available. Now he's out. It's the Brian Hoyer Bowl. This game, I actually had it opened up. I think it was more like ten or ten and a half. You have yeah. it nine and a half. The total's forty-two down to forty. Now it's nine and a half in the contest. We know that the Packers cover at home at a very high clip. I don't like nine and a half though. I mean, if this game was seven and a half, even I'd probably go with it. Um, I can't go with the pack here, nine and a half, even though theoretically the pa- the Pats should, you know, get throttled, I guess. But the defense isn't that bad. It's just the offense is going to stick. Yeah. How do you compare the downgrade from Mac Jones to Brian Hoyer? Any idea of how many points the pack or the Patriots are going to lose from that move? Fair question. Well, when I handicapped the game, just independent of Mac Jones' status, I had. Green Bay minus six. Uh-huh. So I guess it's three points, three and a half points. So I think maybe it's not quite three and a half. Maybe it's two. But um, 
I think Hoyer's, I mean, he's, I don't even know who he is now. He's going to be fine. Um, the, the, the Green Bay defense is actually okay. Uh-huh. But they did give up a lot of yardage to the Bears on the ground. So you've got to figure the Patriots are going to come out, come out and just try to run the ball and try not to turn the ball over. So, and I wasn't impressed. I mean, we'll talk about the Bucks in a minute. The Bucks defense is really good. Yeah. And they, they, get, they let them score on the first two drives. And I was like, what the hell happened to the Bucks? And then they shut the door on them. They just mm-hmm. couldn't get any points. New England, we'll see if they're capable of doing that. Uh, but, I mean, the total, look at that total. It's 40. Yeah. I mean, it's 40. And they're giving a 10-point favorite? Come on, Ashley, you're 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 Mr. Underdog. I mean, you can't you can't be laying nine and a half. You're right. No, no doubt about it. I have no interest in laying nine and a half. And you absolutely nailed it. The Patriots run offense number one, mm-hmm. DVOA, and conversely, the Green Bay run defense thirty-two. So right. I think that uh, this total tells you the odds makers know exactly what Bill Belichick and the Patriots are going to do. They're going to run the ball, and this game is going to be played in the teens. So right. making nine and a half a lot more valuable than it would be in a normal game. Can you get on board in the contest or that's too much? I think we should consider it. You uh, you definitely sold me a little bit in uh, comparing that spread in total here. Uh, you know, uh, I just have concerns, honestly, concerns about the Patriots defense. I mean, 22nd ranked against the ninth ranked Packers. And I saw last week that uh, Aaron Rodgers and Romeo Dobbs are making a connection. I think he had 12 catches and be the new uh, Devontae Adams at some point. So Yeah, and I liked him coming out of the draft. I thought he was the guy, but um, we'll see. We'll see how the connection is. I mean, I'm sure Belichick watched that tape too. So Good point. But Aaron Jones didn't have a good game in Tampa. I mean, Aaron Jones is the main weapon, sure. So mm-hmm. we'll see if they just try to stop the run and make him you know, throw those short, quick throws. Pats run defense no. is kind of crappy too, though, 29th ranked on their own right. Well, there you go. Okay, Broncos and Raiders. Uh, <laughs> the Raiders 0-3. Sorry, Proxy, the only 0-3 team in the league right now. There's an 0-2-1 team in the Texans. So Denver goes to the Raiders. Denver eked out a win. They're another terrible 2-1 team. Um, they opened, actually, as a two-point dog on the road at 40 and a 45-and-a-half point total. But, wait, are you, are you showing the Raiders as the favorite? I thought the Broncos were the favorite. Raiders are definitely favorite oh, in this game. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Damn, it. Damn it. I got a pick just based on that reaction. Oh, God. Well, the thing is, I do think the Raiders are going to win a football game. They're not going to go. Okay. But I thought that they were a dog for some reason. Uh, damn it. Oh, well. Scrap the whole handicap. But, no, I think – I mean, look, I can't really back the Broncos. I know that they had the one drive against San Francisco. Maybe they give them life. You know, like, hey – We've got a chance here, but um, I don't know. I, I got to see it to believe it. I know the Raiders are going to win the game, though. I just know it. I, I'm, I'm going to veto that decision. I think I can't believe this line. I, I still can't believe it. This is my strongest pick of the week. I think the Broncos are going to win this game easily. Okay. I, I mean, they have not looked great. I'll give you that. Oh, but terrible. week one in Seattle, if they make a kick or or – make a better decision, they could be 3-0 and right now. And what do you think this line looks like at that point? Um, the, this yeah. Raiders team is uh, has horrible numbers, and they've played the 30th-ranked schedule. I mean, they've had an easy schedule and sucked it up against an easy schedule. So I, I think that uh, I agree that Russell Wilson has looked pudgy. He's not willing to run, and I think the offense is pedestrian. But their defense is awesome. They're fifth-ranked and fourth-ranked against the pass. And I'm not really sure that the Raiders are going to be able to move the ball on them. So well, I like the underdog in this one. I know, but let's slow down a little bit. What offenses have they played so far? The Broncos? Yes. All right. Uh, Geno Smith. Texas, the, the, the Texans, right. the Seahawks, and the fair. 49ers. I mean, that's fair. Fair. They're terrible. So I'm not saying that we should pick the Raiders. I, okay. I don't know, but I, I don't, I just, this is a game. This is one of those games. It's going to be – Carr's going to pull some magic out. It's going to be – the, the proxy's going to be so excited when they're when they're throwing deep balls at Avante Adams and Matt Collins, and all of a sudden they, you know, they, they blow out the Broncos. I, I'm not – I can't – I understand that's your strongest pick. I just can't go with it, man. Okay. I just can't do it. I think they're going to fall flat because I think they're not a paper tiger. But they're 2-1. They're, they, they're, they're not a 2-1 team. They should have lost last week, and they did lose the sure. week one. And the Texans gave them – 
all they needed to. It's they could be zero three. That's the way I look at it. They could, yeah. So. I do think, uh, given the total, that I really like the Broncos in, te- in teasers, though. Sure. Two and a half up to eight and a half, I think, is a strong one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. As a as a dog, for sure, for sure. All right, so let's go with uh, Chiefs Bucks. This is the Sunday night football game. This opened as a Buccaneers minus three. Is that what we're saying here? <laughs> Uh, Chiefs, Chiefs minus okay, three. Chiefs minus yeah. three, and now it's down to a pick. So when it was Bucks plus three, I was all over this game. I was like, mm-hmm. come on, I know what you know. They're they're depleted, but they're getting guys back, and that's kind of why the line moved to the Bucks. I think that defense is awesome, and I think they're going to continue to be awesome. I don't like their offense at all, but all they need is a little bit more offense, right? Just a little bit, mm-hmm. and and they obviously not just be undefeated, but you know, they don't need to be high flying because I don't think the Chiefs are what they what they used to be. But talk me off of it. Are you going to go with the Chiefs here? I, I'd, I'd be on the box personally. No, I don't. Uh, I'm not going with the Chiefs. I agree with you that initially the Bucks I thought were a strong play as an underdog. I have them in a couple teasers already with some points to get them over the touchdown um, because they're going to get back a lot of their weapons. Mike Evans is returning from suspension, and he's going to be fresh and healthy, ready to go. I'm seeing reports that Julio Jones should return this week as well. And uh, I think that having those couple receivers back out there just by that alone is going to give their offense quite a bit of boost. Um, the Chiefs' defense has been pretty good this season, ninth-ranked and more certainly higher than the expectations were, I believe. And so I think that my look, I know we texted the other night, is the under. Personally, it moved sure. off right away, just like every Bucks game this year, 47, straight down to 44, and a little, a little bit of buyback now. Well, it's not necessarily related, but it's not just the, the Bucks games. I mean, these primetime games have been mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've all been – I mean, the Giants-Cowboys uh, game, I think, ended up going over, but that was after the first half was 6-3. to three. I mean, it was – they all of a sudden it was a Canadian football game out there, uh, but it was these these totals have been really low and these especially the Sunday night games have been really ugly to watch so far. Maybe it's different. Uh, maybe maybe they conjure up some stuff. Mike Evans coming back, but you know. So what's our take? Do you think that we're considering the box or yeah? Just with the, okay. I think we should. How do you feel this game is going to be picked in the contest from the public? It's tough. Uh, I think the public would be on the Chiefs. I think the Sharps would be on the Bucks uh-huh. because, you know, they're kind of seeing, oh, the Tom Brady, oh, he's skinny and, you know, Giselle is beating him up at home or whatever. I don't know. I mean, clearly the money has come in on the Bucks, but I don't know if that's public money. That's probably Sharp money, right? Yeah, definitely to move a line like that. Although – well, I guess there are some picks popping up in some of the sharp shops. Still some ones out there, but mm-hmm. wow, there's one book that has the uh, the Bucks as one point favorites too. Wow, interesting. I mean, they're kind of so you're saying the market isn't isn't at a pick right now? No, most of them are at pick. There's one one offshore that has Kansas City minus one. DraftKings has Tampa Bay minus one right now, and there's a bunch of picks. Yeah, I mean, I it's hard to say. I mean, you don't usually see, and that's not just Tom Brady plan, but you don't usually see him lose these marquee matchups back to back. And granted, it's two back to back home games too. And we, you know, he was terrible in prime time. Or we had that narrative a couple of years ago. He couldn't win in prime time, but because um, he needed a nap or something. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I still think Bucks are. Bucks would be my side still. You th- but you think they're going to be able to slow down Patrick Mahomes in the passing game? I do. I think okay. it's going to be kind of a slugfest. I would definitely like the under here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ditto. Okay. All right. Last game, you got the Rams against the 49ers. It's a rematch. You know, we had Kansas City Bucks was a rematch of the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Now you got the rematch of the NFC Championship game, Rams 49ers. You know, it opened as a pick. Now 49ers are one and a half point favorites at home. 45 point total down to 42 and a half. Jimmy G looked like crap. We all know that. We all saw that. And the Rams, you know, they've, they've won a couple games. They looked bad last time in primetime. See, to me, the the common man 
would say, hey, Jimmy G's going to play better. So, you know what I mean? We got to take uh -huh. lay the points. But and they have owned this matchup. I know we've talked about that before. The line is um, it's right where it should be. Actually, it's not a lot of value to me. Uh, I did have in my mind. I'm like, take it, San Francisco, take it, San Francisco. But uh, I think it's right where it needs to be. I don't think there's any value to me. In the, in the mm -hmm. Yeah, five straight covers for Shanahan versus his counterpart there in L.A. And uh, including the NFC Championship last year, but they obviously lost the game by a field goal, catching three and a half. Um, there's definitely something in the matchups with these two teams. I believe it to be the San Francisco running game and their ability for just to hit the middle of the field because the Rams are kind of soft and that that linebacker yep. lineup in the defense. But um, you know, McDaniel's gone now. This isn't the same offense that the Niners have been running in the last couple yeah. of seasons. No question. And uh, I, I'm not really sure that they're going to have the same success on that side of the ball. Now, I don't know that the Rams can really have success against the Niners defense either because they're awesome this season through three weeks, third ranked defensively and third ranked against the run, fifth against the pass. So I think it's going to be another low scoring game as evidenced by the total 40 points in itself. Mm -hmm. But I honestly, I think I lean to the Rams in this one. Yeah, I think the value is to the Rams, right? I think because they're the dog and it's going to be a slugfest. So mm -hmm. at one and a half, it's it's basically, we, do we think the Rams are going to win the game? You know, and I don't know. I really think that Trent Williams, out of all those players that we listed at the front here, the injuries, Trent Williams is probably the biggest. They were actually moving the ball a little bit on Sunday mm -hmm. night against Denver until he went down, and they did absolutely nothing after that because Jimmy right. was under pressure on, like, every play. Yeah, he was yeah. – <laughs> do we even talk about Jimmy? He's saying – what did he say? He said, these plays fucking suck or something. He was <laughs> caught. Did you see that meme when he was no. caught, like, mouthing that? <laughs> was that before or after he stepped out of the back of the end zone? Yeah, right, right, right. It was. I think it was after he threw the interception into triple coverage. Um, so, okay, well, let's let's highlight the Rams. Okay. I don't know if we're happy to pass on this game too. Yeah, but I don't have a so. ton of picks this week that we get upon. So, yeah, well, let's just review what we've talked about that we were kind of on at least. Uh, we do like the Browns minus one. We'll talk about that one again. We we love the Cowboys minus three at home against mm -hmm. the Commanders. Uh, Detroit minus four. Buffalo plus the three is a contrarian pick. The Titans plus two, three and a half going against Actions Colts. The Panthers minus one and a half. The the Pats plus nine and a half at Green Bay. And then going with the Bucks at a pick, and then the Rams plus one and a half. Maybe we do have plenty of picks, so I'm happy to yeah. feed those two too. So, yeah, plenty to talk about on Saturday more than I thought initially. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go over the contest. We went four and one. Congratulations, actually, we did a, we had a good week there. Uh, good call, flipping from the Bills to the Eagles. That was a key pick for us. Um, that moves us to nine and six on the season, which is solid, obviously. Uh, that puts us in like 11, 1118th place, which is, you know, it's good. Okay. It's 4,600 people. So top quarter, basically. Uh, the top dogs are 15 and 0, though, actually. There's two people at the top that are 15 and 0, and the top 100 is 12 and 3. So we're still three off the pace for the money, but it did come back. The, the pack is coming back a little bit. So we got to keep at it. Hopefully, we don't have another backslide week. We can keep it that 3, 2, 4, and 1 every week. We'll. We'll be in the mix, you know? Agreed. Yeah, I think 60% uh, should be our target. If we can exceed that, it'll just be gravy. Exactly. So we'll obviously talk again on uh, on Saturday before we make the picks, get it to the proxy, make things happen. And this is the end of the first quarter. doesn't look like we can get in the money uh, unless there's some miracle with the, mm -hmm. with the six losses. But uh, we want to build momentum into the second quarter. Definitely. Which is a five-week five quarter, as you know. So. All right. Well, you know, have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can do some more good picks. Uh, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter and uh, Side Action Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Wexpool on Twitter and on Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31S Roberts. All right, everybody. Good luck.
That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.